Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. This is Bill Landis of Cleveland.com. Uh, flying solo today uh, without Doug Maurice and Ari Wasserman, who are normally on this podcast. Um, we normally come to you once a week. This has been a strange week. This will be the third podcast this week because you may have heard there it was some basketball news uh, at the beginning of the week. Ohio State fired Thad Mata on Monday, and we are ending the week with Ohio State having hired a new basketball coach, Chris Holtman. The former head coach of Butler was uh, officially announced as the head coach on Friday. He will be formally introduced at a press conference on Monday morning at Value City Arena in the main gym on the floor where the Buckeyes play. Uh, We'll, of course, be there. Cleveland.com slash OSU is where you can find all of our coverage on that on Monday morning. But you're probably reading it beforehand. I hope you're reading it on Friday. We have a ton of stuff up on Cleveland.com. I hope you checked it out. If not, go ahead and do that, and there'll be stuff throughout the weekend as well. But I wanted to answer some questions about this Chris Holtman hiring, which I think is really interesting. I got a lot of good questions on Twitter, and I'll get to those in a minute. Um, Just first, wanted to give my quick thoughts on the hire um, and kind of how things transpired this week, because it was a weird week Um, that started with the mod of firing, obviously. And then it was a fast coaching search, and and it was reported by the dispatch, Adam Jardy at the dispatch, who, uh, by the way, if you're not following him, you should be, because he did a hell of a job this week um, covering this coaching search uh, as well. Um, he reported um, early in the week, I think it might have been Tuesday, that, that Gene Smith, Ohio State's athletic director, was hoping to have this wrapped up by Friday. Uh, today, I'm, I'm recording this on Friday uh, evening, so he wanted it wrapped up by today. And he did, he got it done, but it felt um, really throughout the week a little bit rushed. And I'm sure people felt that as well, especially when on Wednesday, Wednesday night really, it it seemed like the job was going to go to Creighton coach Greg McDermott. That name came out of nowhere. Um, I hadn't heard it. I don't think anyone really who covered the team had heard it. He wasn't among the obvious list of candidates that you would have expected to be involved with an Ohio State coaching search. Um, you want the guys like Billy Donovan and guys on Thad Mata's coaching tree, like Sean Miller, um, maybe thought of Chris Mack at Xavier, even Chris Holtman at Butler is, is a guy you thought of initially, well before you would have thought of McDermott. And somehow uh, McDermott's name got out there as uh, not only a candidate, but someone who was offered the job. And then on Thursday, McDermott came out and said he was staying at Creighton. I'm going to be completely honest. I don't know 100% what what went on there. Um, Here's what I think, and this is mostly speculation, but we're allowed to do that here on Buckeye Talk. We do that sometimes. 
I think, and this is backed up a little bit too by um, some reporting that Greg Doyle at the Indianapolis Star uh, did as well, who's uh, really tight with Chris Holtman. I think that when Gene Smith let Thad Mata go, he had a very short list. Chris Holtman was on that list. There were probably some bigger names too, um, some of the names I mentioned, but they all turned it down, understandably so, um, whether for money reasons or the fact that you're in the NBA. Um or have a really good team in Arizona like Sean Miller does. So I think that what happened is that Gene Smith approached Chris Holtman. Chris Holtman was not ready to leave Butler. So Gene Smith moved on, and he moved pretty far down his list to Greg McDermott. We do know they met. That much is a fact. Whether or not McDermott was offered the job remains to be seen. Like, it doesn't really matter at this point. I think that he was. Um, I think that it behooves Ohio State to say that McDermott wasn't, obviously, because you don't in any way want Chris Holtman to feel like or appear like he was the second choice. I actually don't think he was the second choice. I don't know if he was the first choice, but I think he was the choice before Greg McDermott. I mean, Gene Smith wasn't sure if he could get Holtman, so he moved on to McDermott. Offering McDermott and having it become public could have been a way of putting a little more heat on Holtman. Um, Greg Doyle of the Indy Star said that uh, a, a sticking point were the years on the contract. It is an eight-year deal for Holtman, $3.1 million per year. He signed through the, if my math is correct, the 2024-2025 season, I believe. And if that's the case, that's actually how long he was under contract remaining with Butler as well. Um, so it's a little interesting um, that he's still locked up under contract for the same amount of years, even though he switched schools. Uh, so anyway, I don't know if McDermott was ever a realistic candidate. I think Holtman is probably the guy that Gene Smith wanted all along, or, or at least the most obvious um, of of the obvious potential candidates that, that he could have turned to. Chris Mack at Xavier was another one, but Chris Mack wants to stay at Xavier. He's an Xavier alum. He's got a good thing going there. That makes sense. Um, Butler, a very similar program to Xavier, but but um, Holtman, Holtman is, a, is a little bit of a mover. He was a Gardner-Webb. He left Gardner-Webb. Um, to come be an assistant coach at Butler, which is an unusual move. He was the head coach at Gardner-Webb. He left to be an assistant coach because he thought that going to Butler, um, which is kind of like a coaching incubator, when you think about some of the guys that come out, come out of there, Thad Mata, Brad Stevens. Um, so he left Gardner-Webb to go be an assistant for, at the time, the head coach was Brandon Miller, who's a former Ohio State assistant, who you guys might remember. And Miller coached for one year, took a medical leave of absence, and Chris Holtman, after one year of being an assistant, became the head coach of Butler. So his decision to leave Gardner-Webb from a head coach to assistant coach position paid off, obviously. Um, Butler for three years, and now he was here at Ohio State. Took Butler to three NCAA tournaments in three years, made the Sweet 16 last year, had a couple second-place finishes in the Big, Big East regular season standings. Uh, he was Big East Coach of the Year last year. Um, he had a lot of success. Uh, this this hire makes, makes a lot of sense to me when you think about it. Based on his success at Butler, um, he built a program at Gardner-Webb. He took a team that had eight wins, um, bumped it up to 11 wins, and then 12 wins, and then took them over the 20-win plateau. And then when he left, that program was in such a good spot that they haven't had a losing since. They've had more 20-win seasons since. So Chris Holtman, if you want to label him a program builder, he was only there at Gardner-Webb for three years. But in that three years, he did a lot. Um, and then sort of sustain the su- success that Brad Stevens kind of created, or Thad Mata and guys before him created, but um, really sustained the success that, that was, had become commonplace of Butler um, in three years, and now he's moving on to Ohio State. So you get a guy with a similar background to Mata, a bit of a mover, 
um, success at multiple programs, and most importantly, recruiting ties to the Midwest and in Ohio. And we'll get into that a little later because a lot of the questions I received um, centered on recruiting, not surprisingly. Um, so those are just my quick thoughts. I think it's a good hire. Um, I'm not going to label him a program saver just yet. We'll see. Success um, in the Big East is pretty impressive. This is the Big Ten. It's a little bit different, but national champions come out of the Big East too. So uh, while the size of the program is certainly different between Ohio State and Butler, I'm not so sure that the stage will be a drastic jump for Chris Holtman, um, who's used to playing in, in, in some big time and coaching in some big time uh, college basketball games. Um, so with that, we'll get to some questions. And I'm going to scroll through here, so I apologize for any pauses. But I got a lot on Twitter, and I'm just going to scroll through and uh, pick out some of the most interesting ones. And we'll try to learn a little bit more about uh, Ohio State's new basketball coach, uh, Chris Holtman. G. Nilly. Loyal podcast uh, questioner asked about uh, Chris Holtman's coaching style, offensive and defensive philosophies. I don't know, um, like what kind of sets Chris Holtman is going to run per se. Uh, I can say that um, he seems to at least create an efficient system, if that makes sense. Um, they're not the most explosive offensive team. He wants to be a lockdown defensive team and has had them at times his first year at Butler. Um, his team was very good defensively, top 10 in the country in defensive efficiency. It's still been pretty good since then, but not quite that good. But I think he is certainly a defense-minded coach. Um, asks a lot out of his players. He's very similar to Mata. Um, defense first, not flashy on offense, but wants to be efficient. Obviously, Ohio State has not been super efficient on offense the last few years. Um, but if you go back before that, when Mata had his best teams, they were some of the best offensive teams in the country, even if they weren't scoring 90 to 100 points a game. Like That's, that's not really the style that Holman plays, but they're efficient in college basketball. Efficient works. Um, they don't turn the ball over. They've been top 10 in turnover percentage the last two years. I expect that to carry over. Um, but in terms of playing style, I don't, I don't think you'll see much different. I, I think you'll see a lot of familiar when you see uh, a Chris Holtman coached Ohio State team take the floor next season. Um, and maybe people were, were hoping for something more flashy, Greg McDermott certainly would have bought a would have brought a high powered offense um, to Columbus. His teams have always been pretty subpar defensively, but they scored a lot of points. Um, if you wanted to see that, maybe you're a little bit underwhelmed. But I just think I think you're getting a really solid basketball coach who who has a system um, that's based on accountability, uh, that's based on toughness, um, that's really really going to defend and get up in guys' faces. Now I don't know if the Ohio State roster is as currently situated how much that will mesh with what he wants to do and how much he might tweak that. Um, I don't look at Ohio State's roster and see a lot of uh, tenacious defenders, maybe a couple. Um, it seems to be lacking, uh, particularly the guard position. Um, that's not to say they can't bring in more players, and we'll get to that a little bit later too. Um, but under the, under the ideal circumstances, I think a, a Chris Holtman coach team is going to look similar to how Thad Mata had it when Ohio State was kind of in its heyday. Um, just a tough basketball team. And I think like an infusion of toughness is certainly something that Ohio State can use because they've been pushed around a little bit um, the last couple of years. So it'll be interesting to see. That was a good question, G. Nilly. Uh, I hope I, I answered it sufficiently. I apologize for not knowing the intricacies of Chris Holtman's sets just yet. But I'm sure this is, this is more information we'll get on Monday when we get to talk to him for the first time. Um, let's see. Brian Sambecki, who is on Twitter... 
at the Dude Bex. He asks, um, are there any areas that stand out to you that Holtman brings to the table that Thad Mata didn't? Um, to be completely honest with you, no, there aren't a ton. Um, and I don't mean that in a negative way. Um, I think that they, in a lot of ways, got a little bit of a Mata clone and a, and a guy who's tenacious, um, a hard worker. And I'm talking about the coach here. Um, they want their teams to play similar styles. Like, don't forget Thad Mata was the head coach at Butler and the whole Butler way thing. You know, Mata was was a pioneer of that, and, and it carried over into Brad Stevens and certainly carried over into Chris Holtman, too, who adopted the same style, and it's all about accountability. And that's all Thad Mata ever wanted with his teams. He just, for some reason or another, couldn't get it the last few years. Um, so I would compare Holtman to a younger version of Mata. The thing that was different, and it's really no fault of Mata's, is that Thad Mata was limited severely, I think, on what he could do um, in practice because of his uh, back issues, um, how much he could travel, um, on the recruiting trail, how aggressive he could be personally, uh, seeing guys outside of Columbus. And I think that that sort of piled up and hurt him. So if it's, if you want to say it's something that Holtman does better, it, it, it's true, but it's not because Mata wanted to be bad at it or was bad at it. It's like physically he wasn't able just to do some things anymore. But I do think that Chris Holtman, who is 45 and Thad Mata is 49. So you're not talking about two guys who were all that different in age. Um, is just bringing in some new life to the program and, and will bring a little more energy um, only because he doesn't have to deal with some of the same issues that Thad Mata did. And I'm not trying to be too cold to Mata. That's just sort of the nature of the beast. Um, but in terms of how they want to coach, the way they want to run their program, um, even the kind of guys ideally they would like to recruit, I don't think it's going to be all that different. I just think Mac has a little bit better chance of doing it because he is in better physical condition health-wise uh, than Thad Mata is now um, after those the, the back surgery and the issues that Thad Mata had. Let's see. We'll move on to uh, another question. Oh, I got a couple different versions of this one, so I'll answer this from Andrew Ardle um, on Twitter. He said, How long will it take Holtman to turn Ohio State back into competing for Sweet 16, possibly Elite 8? He says, Over under four years. Um, I'm going to take the optimistic approach, and I'm going to say under four years, and it probably should be under four years. He has an eight-year contract. You'd think that by the halfway point of that contract, he'd have Ohio State back to where folks want it, which is making the NCAA tournament, obviously, and advancing beyond the first weekend, beyond the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. Um, here's the deal, and this will touch on some, some questions people have uh, as it pertains to recruiting. Ohio's 2018 recruiting class is really really good. The in-state talent in this state in 2018 is enough that if Ohio State gets multiple players in that class, and I'm talking three or four, maybe even five, depending on how the roster shakes out, um, that is the cornerstone of a team that I think, and I'm projecting here because they're still in high school, but I think that that group could be program altering. And it's a word I've used a few times this week writing about it. Um, If Holtman can lock down Ohio, which is tough because we're about halfway through the 18th cycle. Ohio State has one commitment from Dean Goodwin. They've lost two commitments from in-state players, Justin Aarons and Darius Baisley. Um, there's one more like major recruiting evaluation period coming up in July. The players can sign in November. Um, the window is short for Holtman to lock down this 2018 talent. But if he can get those guys or maybe a couple guys from the state of Indiana who Butler had previous contact with, 
um, he can turn this program around. I think I think very quickly. Um, you only have two seniors this year on Ohio State's roster, and one is Jay Sean Tate, who should go down as one of the best players of the Thad Mata era. I know that his team success did not necessarily coincide with his own personal um, success, but I think he's a heck of a player, and I think he was a, a great leader for this team who could just could never get the guys on the roster to sort of climb on his back and, and win some basketball games. Um, I'm curious to see what it does for him this year with a new coach and maybe maybe um, some newfound spear from the team. But he'll, he'll be gone, and Cam Williams will be gone, but everyone else will be back including Katie Bates-Diop, who has a medical redshirt year available if he wants to do it. I've said before, I think he's a special talent. I think he is a possible NBA-caliber talent if he ever makes that next jump in his game. Um, people think that's crazy. He's been on Draft Express's list um, of potential NBA prospects for like two years. He was a top 30 national prospect. It's not that crazy. I know he hasn't shown it, but I think if, there, if someone can get it out of him, maybe Holman's that guy. So if you have that guy... You have um, Derek Funderburk, who's an intriguing player. You have Caleb Wesson, who just signed this year. If you have those guys and you bring in a really strong freshman class, I think that even two years down the road, we're going to be talking about a team that is surprisingly good. I don't know how good they're going to be next year. I think next year could be a tough year. Um, if Chris Holtman gets that team to, as it's constituted now, with only nine scholarship players, to 20 wins, um, and, I mean, even the NCAA tournament, I think that's a major success with the way that the team is, is constructed right now. It's light on guards. It's light on bodies in general. Um, and even if, uh, you know, the team really gels and, and buys into a system, if they're not adding new bodies, I think, just think fatigue is going to become a factor um, by the end of a, of a Big Ten season. So, um, But in terms of a major program turnaround, I, I think um, he can get it turned around over under four years, under four years. I think the expectation should be that he gets Ohio State back to that spot in under four years. Um, and if he can lock down the talent that's in the state for 2018, um, I think that's going to happen. And I think I think he will. I talked to some recruits on Friday. Um, Jeremiah Francis, who's a 2019 point guard from Pickerington, Ohio, and uh, Dwayne Cohill, who's a 2018 point guard from uh, Parma, Ohio. And they both really like Chris Holtman. Um, they were both recruited by him at Butler. They both had offers from Butler. Um, I think Francis probably would have ended up at Ohio State anyway because his dad played for the Buckeyes. Cohill, I'm not so sure. He had interest from in other programs, and seems, things seem to be trending in the wrong direction for Ohio State with Cohill. Um, I think it's back on track now. And I'm not going to predict the commitment anytime soon because he just hired a new coach, and, and Cohill's got other offers and things to sort through. But when I talked to him, he had the sound of a kid who was excited about a coach he really liked coming to a program he really liked. Um, so I would keep an eye on, on Cohill's recruitment. I think uh, – Ohio State might have a legitimate shot there now. Certainly a better shot than maybe they would have had um, otherwise. Okay, moving on. Let's see. Uh, Josh, who is uh, at Ohio underscore statement, um, asks, given the current state of the roster, who does the commits will have? Uh, what's a good expectation for next season or a fair expectation? Um, I kind of answered that. It's hard to say. It all depends on how much the, the, you know the current roster buys in, and that's sort of cliche and obvious. But um, I think I want to wait till till I give a, a, a prediction on that. I will say, and I think I've said this before when we've done basketball podcasts, that I wasn't very high on Ohio State for next year to begin with. That was with that mod of coaching. That was before I knew Jaquan Lyle and Trevor Thompson um, and David Bell weren't going to be on the team anymore. I picked them to finish tenth in the league. Um, the Big Ten's going to be really good next year better than it was last year. 
and Ohio State um, finished 11th last year and had to go play, is it 11th? 10th or 11th, I forget, forgive me. Um, had to play on the first day of the Big Ten tournament and lost to last place Rutgers. Yeah. 14 plays 11, 12 plays 13. They were 11. Um, but here's what I'll say about next season. And I'm kind of borrowing this idea from Doug Maurice, but I just tend to agree with it. And he brought it up, brought it up first. Um, Ohio State had a major problem in the last two years with guys um, losing focus in games, making boneheaded plays, taking boneheaded shots, being lazy on defense, um, just doing the kind of things that I think players who aren't totally bought in or just have major mental hurdles to get over make. And those guys are gone. And one, it's Jaquan Lyle, it's Trevor Thompson, uh, it's Mark Loving. I think all three are really good basketball players. When they're going, when they're going good, they were arguably as good as most of the players in the Big Ten. Um, Trevor Thompson at times looked like a dominant big man last year. Mark Loving, when his shots dropping, um, can be really deadly from three point range. Jaquan Lyle, when he wants to put his head down and get to the rim, is really tough to stop. Um, but those guys did a lot of things that I thought hurt Ohio State. That I think trickled down to the rest of the roster because they were important players, not always taking things so seriously or as seriously as they needed to do. So if there's anything to the idea that guys who lacked focus and may or may not have had that rub off on the rest of the team are now gone, that maybe Ohio State can be better next year. Better in the sense that they're not going to hurt themselves as much as they've hurt themselves the last two years. From a skill standpoint, I still think the roster is lacking at the guard position. Like I said, um, lacking bodies in general um, worries me. Durability worries me. Um, if they can, I don't. I, they tried to add graduate transfers. It didn't happen. Um, Holtman has recruits committed for 2017 at Butler, and I'll get into that in a second because that was more questions that people asked. But the roster currently situated as it's situated now, I still don't have super high hopes for next year in terms of being any kind of Big Ten contender. But I do think it's a roster that could be in the top half of the league, perhaps, if they buy into Holtman's system and if the theory that I'm presenting that you only have nine guys, but you have nine guys who are really bought in um, can sort of elevate the team at least a little bit um, heading into next season and improve some of the results that, that we saw the last two years. Okay, let's get to the topic of Butler's commits for 2017. And when people ask this question, they're really asking about one guy. But let me give you a rundown of Butler's 2017 class um, as it stands now. Holtman had signed the number 34 class in the country. It was number five in the Big East. It featured three-star guard Gerald Butler from Florida, three-star guard Christian David from Vermont, three-star guard Aaron Thompson from Virginia, and three-star guard Cooper Nice from Indiana, and then the last guy is four-star small forward Kyle Young from Massillon, Ohio. Kyle Young had an Ohio State offer. Ohio State was in its final his final group of schools. I really think in the end it came down to Butler or Ohio State, and he chose Butler. Now was a big loss for Ohio State. They could have used Kyle Young in this recruiting class, especially now that we know they only have nine scholarship players. So the question that I got from a lot of people, and I'm just going to use this one. This is from Eric uh, at E. I guess it's Easy Meds or Easy Y Meds on Twitter. He said, can Kyle Young follow Holtman to Ohio State without burning a year? Um, I'm going to be completely honest, and I might be wrong, so I apologize. I think he, 
He's not enrolled in Butler yet, to my knowledge. Chris Holtman, at the beginning of this week, before he became Ohio State's coach, actually tweeted about um, the next Butler team arriving on campus in two weeks. So I don't think any of the freshmen that Butler signed are on campus yet. Um, I think I'm pretty sure that Kyle Young signed a national letter of intent with Butler. So as I understand it, he would have to get a release from Butler. Now that happens a lot when teams fire, hire and fire coaches. Kids um, often get releases based on that. It's really the only time they ever get released from the national letter of intent. Um, I don't know who uh, was the assistant coach or who which assistant coaches Kyle Young was tight with at Butler. It's very possible that if one of the Butler assistants gets the head coaching job and Kyle Young was tight with that person, that, that he could stay there. Um, I will say um, that Tim Shoemaker of 11 Warriors had a post up on Friday citing a source that said, I believe that it would be likely that Kyle Young would join Chris Holtman at Ohio State if he got the job. Um, I just guessing would think he would too. I know Kyle Young liked Ohio State a lot. I think maybe there was just some uncertainty about the direction of the program, which is fair. And certainly Butler was a more stable situation. They were really building something there. Um, so Kyle Young can follow him to Butler. I think Kyle Young would have to get his release from Butler. I think Butler would grant that. Um, as for the rest of the recruits, I don't know. Um, it's possible a couple of them. There's, there's four guards in that class. And Ohio State needs guard help. I don't know if they would take four guards because that'd be crazy. Um, but they have nine players on scholarship, so they can potentially add four more players um, for next season. I'm going to guess that Kyle Young is one of those players. I could be wrong. Um, the rest of the class, I'm not sure. I don't know what they're going to do. They could very well stay at Butler, especially if one of the assistant coaches gets the head job at Butler, which seems likely to me because that's kind of the way Butler does it when they lose a coach. Um, let's see. Is there anything else? Christopher Hawley uh, on Twitter, Chris Hawley underscore 216, said, uh, what is priority number one? He asked two questions, and I'll answer them both because I thought they were good. What is priority number one for Holtman the minute he starts the job? I mean, outside of introducing himself to the team and sort of laying out what his plan is for the guys currently on the roster, it's recruiting. And it was always going to be recruiting. Like I said, there's uh, a couple live periods in July. Um, that are very important with Ohio State having only one commit in the 2018 recruiting class. Um, Holtman has to get his staff together and then get them on the road in July to various AAU events around the country. It's a huge, huge time for them. They need, to, they need to figure out who's on their board and then go attack those guys in July and sell the new Ohio State brand and lock down a transformative recruiting class. Now, it may not be transformative on paper, and I think that's important to understand, Um Holtman wasn't a guy who was going out and signing McDonald's All-Americans at Butler. Um, they've had one McDonald's All-American in the history of their program, and he happened to come when Holtman was coaching there, but he transferred from North Carolina. He was not recruited there as a high school player. His name was Tyler Lewis. Um, you might see a 2018 class that has a couple three-star prospects in it. Um, Holtman did a lot with three-star prospects at Butler. He, I think, is in some ways a developmental coach who who – took maybe guys who uh, were a little bit more unheralded than maybe some other players who got recruited to the Big East at some of the other programs, but he turned those into teams that made Sweet 16 runs and contended for Big East titles. So if the 2018 class on paper has one or two three-stars and you feel a little underwhelmed by that, I would take a wait-and-see approach. Um, But that's not the plan. The plan is to protect Ohio, and if he does that, 
then we're not talking three-star prospects. We're talking four-star prospects. We're talking top 100 national players because that's what Ohio has in the 2018 recruiting class. So that's priority number one for him. It's priorities number two, three, four, and five, too. It's recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. He has to um, start his tenure off at Ohio State, with not with a bang, but get on a good run of recruiting with this class because it's vital for the future of the program. And then number two, um, who are some potential candidates slash names to fill out the staff? And that was the same question um, from Chris Hawley. So I don't know uh, entirely. I'll give you one name, Mike Schrage, who is uh, an assistant currently at Butler, was an assistant at Stanford, was the director of basketball operations and a one-time recruiting coordinator at Duke, and was a student manager at Indiana under Bobby Knight. He is reportedly joining Holtman at Ohio State. That has not been officially announced. It was reported by John Rothstein of CBSSports.com. So that, I think, is one name you can expect to be on Holtman's staff. Um, He's kind of of a riser in the coaching game as well. Um, outside of that, I think one of the other two Butler assistants are probably who ends up getting the job. That's Terry Johnson, who's long tenured, has been there through multiple head coaches. And Ryan Peden is the other assistant coach. I think those guys are going to get interviewed. One of them will get the job. Um, I don't know which one. Uh, the one that should really matter to Ohio State fans, and this is no slight to Terry Johnson, but Ryan Peden is from Columbus. And Ryan Peden is the assistant coach who, that when Butler made a little bit of a push into Ohio when they got Kyle Young, uh, they got Henry Badley from St. Vincent St. Mary, they got Nate Fowler from Cincinnati Moeller. Um, they're in on a bunch of 2018 guys: Dwayne Cohill, Jeremiah Francis, who I answered or mentioned earlier. Um, Jerome Hunter is another guy. They're all being recruited by Ryan Peden, who's an Ohio guy coaching up Butler, who's recruiting Ohio for Butler. He would be, I think, a massive coup for Ohio State um, if he doesn't end up getting the job at Butler. He's younger than Johnson. hasn't been at Butler as long. I think he's been at Butler for two years. Johnson certainly has the longevity over him. Um, he would be a name I'd watch, and he would be a name I think I'd be a little excited about. If, if they bring him on staff with his connections to the Ohio guys um, that Ohio State was already recruiting and already had offered, and you just sort of pick up where you left off, um, I think that's a big deal for Ohio State. So Mike Schrage, I think, is coming. Uh, Ryan Peden, I would want to come. I think at the very least, two of Holtman's three assistants at Butler will be coming with him. Um, In terms of who he keeps on the staff currently at Ohio State, I have no idea. Um, I I personally would keep Chris Gent. I don't know if Chris Gent, who interviewed for the job and did not get it, obviously, would be all that enthused about working for a different head coach. Um, I don't know what other opportunities would be out there for him. Uh, maybe it would behoove Christian to stay at Ohio State, his alma mater, help turn this thing around, do a good job, and then get a head coaching job elsewhere. Um, or maybe he'll just try to go somewhere else and be an assistant coach. Um, but if, if I'm Chris Holtman and I'm assembling my staff, and what do I know because I'm just a guy, but I would take the two Butler assistants who don't get the job at Butler and keep Christian, which would mean Dave Dickerson and Greg Paulus would no longer be assistant coaches at Ohio State. Um they were, they were fine coaches under Mata. Um, I would argue that, that neither of them um, were particularly impactful, at least in on-court results um, and in recruiting um, under Mata. So um, I think if, if you're going to move on from Mata, I think in, in general you need to move on from the entire state and I would exempt, or entire staff, but I would exempt Chris Gent from that 
being that he was really only here for one of the down years, and given his background and experience, um, I would keep Gent on staff as well. Let's see. Um, that might be it. Let's see. Yeah. Nate McElwain asks, any chance um, that Chris Holtman has a conversation with Jaquan Lyle about rejoining the team? Uh, I don't know. And and to be completely honest, the Jaquan Lyle situation is one that's been really hard to, to wrap my head around. It was presented that he quit the team. And I think it's hard to bring back a guy who quit the team, which means he quit on his teammates. If he didn't quit the team, and there was something else going on there, and, and someone wasn't forthright about it, maybe it's possible that Jaquan Lyle comes back. Um, I don't know what his academic standing is. I have no idea. I know that he was in Columbus as recently as Monday. Uh, the day that Thad Mata got fired, there was a video on social media of Jaquan Lyle just getting some shots up um, in the Ohio State practice facility, which I thought was very interesting. Um, so I'm not going to completely write off the idea of Jaquan Lyle being on the Ohio State team next year, but I would probably put the chances of that happening at like less than 5%. Um, but it's not impossible. So, yeah, that's it. That's all the questions then. Um, so I appreciate you sending them in. I'm sure we'll talk more about this um, when Doug, Ari, and I get together um, for our normal podcast next week. Um, but I just wanted to do this now since it was breaking news um, on Friday that Ohio State had hired Chris Holtman from Butler as the new men's basketball coach. Um, we will have more coverage of the hiring throughout the weekend on cleveland.com slash OSU. Um, definitely on Monday morning, uh, 11 a.m., Chris Holtman will be formally introduced. We'll have coverage on cleveland.com. We'll have live streaming video of the press conference, um, assuming Ohio State allows us to do so, which they normally do on our cleveland.com Facebook page. Um, and then after the press conference, obviously, we'll have a ton of stories, um, and you'll get to hear and, and see um, Chris Holtman for the first time as Ohio State's new basketball coach. Um, so until then, uh, thank you for the questions. Thank you for listening. This is Bill Landis of Cleveland.com, and that was Buckeye Talk.